You're listening to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast, episode 11. Hello. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast. Jerry Bolfin here again. I'm a water treatment contractor and WQA certified master water specialist. Hey, I hope you're having a fine day wherever you're listening. In this series, I've been giving useful, easy to follow tips and information all about well water, well water treatment systems, and how to improve the quality of your well water. Appreciate the emails and feedback I've been getting. And if you're using iTunes and you'd be so kind, it'd be great to, if you went over to iTunes and rated and maybe left a short review of the podcast, that helps the podcast a lot and appreciate it. In today's episode, we're going to talk all about iron and manganese media, specifically manganese dioxide filter media. Media is the word that we use. It's, it looks like sand. It's a granular type of filter media and it goes inside a filter tank. And in this context, what we're talking about are backwashing iron filters. So the water flows in down through the filter media, iron and manganese is removed. And then after a while, it, they're usually automatic, turns on backwashes and cleans this media. So there's many different kinds of filter media. And that's what we're gonna talk about, specifically manganese dioxide media, which is the most probably common nowadays and popular type of filter media used for iron and manganese removal. If you wanna see pictures of what the media looks like, and iron filter tanks, please go to our website, cleanwaterstore.com slash blog slash podcast. You can also email me directly at jerrybullfin at cleanwaterstore.com. And I spell my name with a G, G-E-R-Y, and then B-U-L-F-I-N. Anyway, today the items we're going to cover is what is manganese dioxide? How is it used? What are the benefits and advantage of using manganese dioxide for moving iron, manganese, odors from well water? And what's the difference between the coated type of media, such as green sand or berm, where there's a thin layer of manganese dioxide coating a different type of mineral or element underneath it, and the solid manganese dioxide media, where it's a solid granular, like a solid chunk of the manganese dioxide. Those, you see different brand names for that, such as Proox, that's the one we sell, or Phylox, Pyrolox, those are all brands of the manganese dioxide media. We're gonna talk about under what conditions manganese media work the best, and the importance of water chemistry, flow rate, and uh, I did talk about this before. In episode two, we talked about how to test your flow rate. In episode five, we covered some of this with basic iron treatment, but here I'm gonna talk specifically more about manganese dioxide. Get a lot of questions about it, so it should be interesting. So probably if you're listening to this, you already know this, but iron is a serious problem. Many folks have all over the world have problems in their well. It's not only a problem in the US and Canada, but we see a lot of iron and manganese problems in Mexico, South America. We've even had seen some folks in Europe and know that there's different parts of Europe that have a problem with it, Middle East, Asia, of course. So generally what you're shooting for with iron is 0.3 parts per million or less 
or in manganese, 0.05 parts per million or less. So it's very little amount over that level, causes a stain, the water can have a red, brown, or yellow color, stain laundry, fixtures. Manganese is another metal that leaves stains. Instead of a rust, stains like iron, leaves a brown stain. And that again is, uh, the standard for that is anything over 0.05. So if you have a effective iron and manganese filter, it'll reduce the level below where it's not gonna cause a stain. They're not really health threats, these iron and manganese, although it tastes pretty terrible if it's high enough, but some people are affected. Manganese can affect their stomach or some people have problems with too much iron in their diet, so that's another problem. But anyway, generally it's more of an aesthetic issue. So we use a few different methods to remove iron and manganese from well water. Generally, iron and manganese are, are usually found in groundwater dissolved. Now that is the water looks clear, but if you taste it, tastes terrible, tastes like rust, or you know has a bad taste from the manganese, but the water looks clear. But you know if you're if you're if the well water's been exposed to lots of air, or there's dissolved oxygen present and or sometimes iron bacteria, and then you get rusty water coming right out of the ground, but usually it's clear water. So the, the reason I brought that up is because that's how manganese dioxide works. So what happens is, is that the water comes out of the ground, it's clear, but when it hits the iron and man, the, the manganese dioxide media, the iron and manganese oxidize. That is, they turn from a dissolved form to a solid form, in other words, they're ferrous iron, and they turn into ferric iron, and that, that then is trapped in the filter media. And then once or twice a week or more often, it turns on in the middle of the night, typically this is like for homes, for instance, and backwashes all that rusty water out, and the rust particles out, and then the filter media is good to go for another run. And these can last years, hopefully they do last many years. So you've got this situation where you need to oxidize the iron and manganese. And so the uh, traditionally, um, and it's still used quite a bit, is that you, you, you can use just plain sand and anthracite. So for instance, like it's special type of filter sand, but it's basically it's just sand. And, and then the water is uh, injected with chlorine or ozone or it's aerated in a, in a, a very strong way. And then the, but it's typically chlorine. And then the water flows into these sand filters. And then if all the iron is 100% oxidized just right, then, then the sand filter will eventually start to remove the iron. And over time, that, that's one of the filter media that's the, the methods. But <clears throat> the, the reason this was a hassle used traditionally is that it required very careful operation. Didn't always work well. You had to have an operator present. You had to adjust the uh, chlorine levels based on uh, different water conditions. Sometimes you had to use other uh, chemicals to help with the process. So it's generally not that effective. So for homes, small communities, it's not used that much, but it's cheap. So that's one reason it was used a lot. But you can't just get a standalone sand filter, just like you can't use a standalone cartridge filter and expect it to remove all the iron and rust that's in the well water because the iron is largely dissolved in the water. So you need some way to oxidize it. So there are various type of filter media. The main types of manganese dioxide media that we're gonna talk about here are ones that are coated and ones that are 
a high purity, like a solid chunk of the manganese dioxide. So, uh, and they, they both work well. They have different different advantages, disadvantages. But the, the first step, I'm mainly gonna talk about manganese dioxide, but the first step, we'll talk a little bit about oxidation because it relates to what type of manganese dioxide you might use. So, mostly, a very common way for homes is a to use either aeration or chlorination. So chlorine has advantage that it kills iron bacteria and it works really well with manganese dioxide. It 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 kind of prime, well, you can kind of look at it this way. It sort of primes the water or increases the oxidation capacity of the water. It doesn't need you don't need to inject enough air or chlorine or ozone to get the iron completely turned to rust. The idea is that you just want to increase the potential of the water uh, for oxidation. So when it hits the manganese dioxide media, a catalytic reaction takes place right in the media and boom, you get all this great formation of iron flock happening right in the media. Usually if it's a tank, say it's, you know, say a, a standard tank for home might be three or four feet tall or maybe five feet tall, you'll get the, most of this oxidation process will take place right in the top layer of the media. But the idea is that you're, you're using some kind of oxidizer ahead of the manganese dioxide. That's the best way to go. And I'll talk about it, but there are some conditions where you don't need any oxidation. If your water chemistry is, is right, you can just use the manganese dioxide system by itself without any aeration. But generally that's a rare case or, or that's a, a smaller percentage of the cases, at least that we see in North America. Perhaps if you get into the borehole wells in Africa or otherwise where there's shallow wells and the uh, then and there's a lot of oxidation going on anyway, then you might not need. You could just use a standalone tr a filter system. But usually you're combining the manganese dioxide with some kind of oxidation. So uh, chlorine works good or uh, air or ozone or hydrogen peroxide. I'm going to talk about hydrogen peroxide in its own dedicated episode coming up. But while peroxide can be used as an oxidizer before the manganese dioxide filters, it's not as effective as chlorine. Be, and it, it, especially if you have manganese, the peroxide is not that effective for manganese. And it's counterintuitive because we, you know, we, we have peroxide and sometimes you put it on your skin to, to, to clean a cut or whatever. So you think, oh, it's gonna kill bacteria. But when you have it in water, it's considered a very weak Biocide, so it's not an effective disinfectant at the levels we're using. It's more of an oxidizer. So anyway, it, it works great if you have iron, if you're looking for iron removal with the manganese dioxide. But if you have manganese in the water, then you're better off using chlorine or ozone. Aeration can work too, but you have to have the pH up higher. We're, I'm going to talk about pH in a minute here too, but the pH is critical. If the pH is needs to be closer to like between uh, 7.5 to 8 is good. If you're using sometimes a very weak coated media, you have to get the pH over 8.2 for manganese to work. And those media, such as berm, are not as effective as for manganese removal in our experience. Okay, so 
we talked about oxidation, but now what type of filter media you use? Talked about the sand in the anthracite media. Not the best option generally for iron treatment, especially for homes on standard wells. Better to use manganese dioxide because the manganese dioxide is a catalyst that if when it if there's a tiny bit of dissolved oxygen in the water, when the iron and manganese in the water hit the come in contact with the manganese dioxide, you get that catalytic reaction and the iron and manganese is removed, filtered out of the water. Same with hydrogen sulfide. If there's enough oxidation in the water, then when the hydrogen sulfide in the water flow through the manganese dioxide media, it basically converts the hydrogen sulfide and into a soluble, uh, an insoluble particle that then gets trapped in the media and the odor is gone. So several different types of manganese dioxide coated filter media are used. Very common. Berm is a very popular one. Uh, it's a clack corporation trademark. It's a, uh, uh, been used for many years. It's cheaper, it's light, but it has a very, very thin coating of this manganese dioxide on it. And it's a bit unstable. You can't use chlorine with it. It strips the coating. If there's hydrogen sulfide in the water, the rotten egg odor, it doesn't work well for that. We're in California. For some reason, we can't sell it here because of the proposition where they uh, there's a warning against the, the backwash has a little bit of chromium in it for what we heard. So it's considered, uh, it's banned basically. But anyway, but a lot of people have used it for many years. Actually, it works good if you have just small amount of iron and you have the right conditions for it. And the clock will tell you there the operating conditions. If you follow the conditions, actually it's, 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 it works, it does work good on iron. So, but it's got a very thin coating, probably 1%, if they, the coatings, you can, you can talk about them in terms of what the percentages of the manganese dioxide it is. So, berm and maybe a couple others that are very low, like 1%. Green sand and some of the different green sand type coated media, are have a little bit higher, somewhere five. Some have the highest ten percent. They even goes. There's one that can even get up to eighteen percent, which is very high for the coated media. So that just means it's that they've been able to put a coating of this manganese dioxide material over some other kind of cheaper and lighter substrate, usually silica. One company uses dolomite, which also helps raise the pH, but it's sacrificial, so it doesn't last as long. And then there's there, there's a couple different types of um, substrate or or inner core that they use that they coat the the they coat this with the manganese dioxide. So usually, historically, green sand filters were cleaned and regenerated with potassium permanganate, this purple chemical. And you can also inject potassium permanganate into the pipe before the green sand filter. And you can do it this as well with, with the uh, manganese dioxide filters. But the the this intermittent regeneration, so-called, regenerates the media intermittently is perhaps less effective than continuous regeneration where you're injecting chlorine, or ozone into the water ahead of the green sand filter. And that way you get the media doesn't ever get exhausted. So these this this media can can only run so long before it needs to be regenerated with a usually with 
uh, potassium permanganate or chlorine. And so you can also inject that into the water ahead of it. So, but it needs something, these type of um, coated systems really work well on their own without any type of oxidation. They need usually need some kind of oxidation or they need a water that already has a lot of dissolved oxygen in it to work. So the other type of media that I already talked about, alluded to, is the solid manganese dye. All that means, the solid type just means is that this is an ore that they've mined. So it's a natural uh, material that they've mined and then they've carefully graded it and into a fine particle. And so it's not coated, it's not treated really at all. All it is is just they find this pure manganese dioxide ore and then they grind it and grade it and wash it so it for, it, you get a very high quality filter medium. So uh, the advantage is it's natural, there's no chemicals in it. And I know the, the mine that we buy ours from, Proox, they're one of the a very large, I don't know if they're the largest, but they're one of the largest um, uh, manganese producers in the world and they, and what they do is that they, like the vast majority of the manganese they find is not suitable for water treatment. And that's true with other mines as well. And what happens is that they, mostly manganese is used for various industrial processes, um, steel, it's used a lot in batteries. And so the vast majority, I don't know what the percentage is, but I've heard it's like 90, seven, maybe 90% of all the manganese is not used in water treatment. And so, but what happens is that when they're in working in the mines and they find a relatively high grade, a high purity, in, ca in, our, in the case that we use, it has to be, you know, greater than 80%. It averages like 85% pure manganese dioxide. Then that's what they, they set that aside. That's what they use for water treatment. And it's low in like, uh, other contaminants. So it's, it's ours is NSF certified. Actually all the filter media, I'm pretty sure most all the filter media that's sold unless it's some imported off brand or something is all NSF certified, which means that, that NSF is a uh, independent organization and they test it and make sure that there's nothing contaminating the water. There's no, it's not adding lead into the water or arsenic or some other weird stuff. It's just, it, it's in a good form that, that doesn't add anything into the water. So this solid manganese dioxide media is interesting and there, there is different strengths of it even in the solid manganese dioxide, there's different qualities. I know like for instance in some countries you find like in India and China, the, 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 it's solid manganese dioxide but it's very low percentage, it's maybe 20%. 25%, it doesn't work that well. And so this stuff works really well. And like I said, the, there's different brands you can look for, Proox, what we have, but there's Phylox, there's Pyrolox, there's different ones. And what what it is, is that the, the media um, is porous. So it the, the higher the porosity of the solid manganese dioxide media, the better it is. And then also it there's, other structures that are inside it, like uh, pyrolusite and insutite structures 
that that create this highly oxidative environment so that it basically works better. And and from what we've been able to gather over dealing with thousands of these systems over the years is that it you can get higher flow through it with a smaller filter. So the disadvantage is it's heavy. So a lot of people are turned against it, for instance, if they, because it, it, since it's heavier than the coated type, it requires a little bit higher backwash rate. So in other words, how much flow, how many gallons per minute your well pump, like for instance on a home system, can produce, it that it needs a higher flow rate, but it's it's not a hugely higher, it's like two or three times, but it's, it's somewhere like 30% higher flow rate than say a green sand or other type of coated media. But there, the advantages that we've, we feel is that, and this is not to be a sales thing for the, our media, I'm trying to give you all the different, you know, advantages, disadvantages, but is that it lasts longer and generally it just seems to work better. It just, it doesn't fail as quick. Some of the coated media, it can be, it can fail within a few years. You get the media gets worn off. I mean, the coating gets worn off. It's affected if there's a low pH for a certain time, it ruins the media. This stuff, it just doesn't get ruined. It can, if it's not backwashed properly or set up properly, it can start to clump together, but you can take it out of the tank or cut the tank in two and smash it up yourself and reuse it. I mean, it's it's pretty much, uh, we don't say it's a permanent media because some people do replace it after say 10 years or so, but generally it's pretty permanent. I mean, it does last a long time because it's, you're not, it's not a sacrificial, it's very light sacrificial media. In other words, there's a very small attrition. It can backwash many, many more times than the standard coated media, which is the manufactured medium. So that's the big, that's the big difference in it. However, if you, since it is heavier, if you don't have the flow rate in order to backwash it, then you have to go to a different, like a lighter media, or you have to put in a holding tank or figure out some other way to increase your flow rate. So as I was talking about, the the performance of the media is directly related to the purity of the manganese dioxide and the porosity of the granules and the level of highly active sites on the structure. So you wanna, like I said, you wanna have one that's higher purity, more porous, and strict particle sizing is important. Most, all the media now, they have pretty good high uniform coefficient, which means that all the particles are the same size, but that's what you'd wanna look at, is you wanna make sure the media in a filter tank, it works better if the media is very uniform. And so that's a sign of a high quality media, it's all very uniform in size. And the, the solid manganese dioxide filters, they can use intermittent or continuous regeneration as well. Generally, continuous regeneration works best where you're injecting chlorine ahead of it. Now, there are situations where you can use the manganese dioxide media on its own without any uh, prior aeration. And one way to, to figure that out is if you can measure the ORP. ORP, you can get a little ORP meter. Sometimes you can go to a pool place and have them measure the ORP. But basically, it measures millivolts. And so it's a little meter. There's different, all different kinds, laboratory type and handheld ones. But 
essentially, if 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 you can raise the ORP over 200 millivolts, about then you, you, you the water has enough oxidizing capability on its own, um, where it can it doesn't necessarily need a chemical regenerant or aeration ahead of it. Generally, though, for homes, we do recommend it's because the thing is that we recommend aeration because over time your water might change. You don't know what you're dealing with it at this point, but maybe over time the iron could get worse, the pH could change. So it's important aeration helps with the iron filter media work because it's adding dissolved oxygen in the water. And or you can use a chlorine injection. So this type of situation is where if you had 100% of the iron was, was pure rust, in other words, 100% oxidized iron, theoretically you could use a cartridge filter or as I talked about before, a standing anthracite, but generally the, pro, the Pro-Ox, the manganese oxide media type of medias will work better than, the, than just a cartridge because the, the iron will pass right through it. Okay, so what are some things to look for? Well, one thing you wanna look for is make sure you check the pH of the water. You know, seven is neutral. pH is a scale of one to 14. So seven is neutral. Below seven is considered acidic. Above seven, alkaline. It depends on whether there's manganese in the water, but generally you wanna see a pH for iron and iron removal between seven and eight. It, you can have a lower pH, it won't hurt the media. But it, if, depending on how much iron is in the water, it won't work as well if the pH is, is much less than seven. So there's ways you can deal with that. Of course, if you have acidic water, you wanna correct the acidic water anyway, because you don't want acidic water running into the home where you can corrode fixtures and fittings. Even if you have PEX pipe, you can still get corrosion problems, your water heater, et cetera. So there's different ways you can use a another tank of crushed marble or uh, you know, other types of uh, pH raising filter media in a tank before the iron filter to raise the pH and neutralize the pH. Uh, if you have very low pH, say five uh, in that range, then you might be better off injecting soda ash into the water, which is also there's food grade or potable water grade uh, sodium carbonate. Um, which you can use and that, that'll, that'll keep, maintain a, a, you know, your neutral pH and then the manganese dioxide will work great. Most people don't have acidic water, but there is a lot of it out there. I don't know what the percentage is again, but we have quite a few people with acidic water and then and they usually either use a tank before it or they get a blend where you have the, um, two thirds of the filter tank is manganese dioxide, and then one third of it is calcite or crushed marble or some, or less commonly used dolomite. But basically, you've got a, a mineral that will add a tiny bit of calcium into the water and alkalinity, and then neutralize the pH so your your iron media will work. Fortunately, that the the blends work good because the 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 manganese oxide media is much heavier, so it sits on the bottom, and then the your calcite is on top. And then, with if you have a one tank system, then you've got to add more calcite to it pretty regularly. So you might have to add it a couple times a year, depending on how much water you're using, what the pH is. 
Okay, after pH, the next thing you wanna check is manganese. A lot of folks think, oh, I've got rust stains, I got iron. They don't realize they also have manganese too. So if you get a, a system and you set it up where it only takes out the iron, then you'll quickly realize you have all the rust is gone, but now you've got black or tea colored stains in the dishwasher or on sinks or fixtures or in laundry. So manganese is anything, like I said before, anything above 0.05 milligrams per liter, same thing as parts per million, anything above that causes stains. So it's a pretty low level. And manganese requires more oxidizing power or, or it's a little slower reaction time than iron and it's, it's higher pH is required. So in our experience, it's better if you do have manganese, it's better if you chlorinate it first, erosinate it. Aeration will work too, as long as the pH is between, is higher, like eight is good, 7.5 to eight. And by chlorination or aeration or ozonation, I mean a, an automatic or continuous system that injects a tiny bit of chlorine before the filter system. The next thing you want to check to see is if you have iron bacteria, iron and sulfur related bacteria, uh, various species, various types of bacteria that live in water, very common in the environment, and they metabolize the iron and, and manganese for their cell walls. And in the end, you end up with stringy mess. You can usually see it in the flush tank of your toilet where you'll see like a growth growing out from the sides or maybe the water will be bubbly with clumps of slimy gelatinous material floating in the in your flush tank you know behind the toilet that's a really good way to check because it most people never clean their flush tank of course and so it 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 gets the the, the iron bacteria love it in there and just um uh, go to town and, and and create this slime and so if you have that, then your basically your options are the still the manganese dioxide works great. It'll it'll take out the iron, but it's not going to take out iron bacteria or disinfect the water. So disinfection is a good idea if you can do it. And so it's better to have a chlorinator is the cheapest way or an ozone system ahead of the uh, iron filter, and then you've got disinfected water and the iron bacteria removed along with the iron. However, there's another way to do it, and that's sort of a semi-manual way, and that is you've got your, say you're using an air injection iron filter, you've got your manganese dioxide filter, it's working great, it's taking out all the iron, and then once or twice a year, or maybe more, if you have a really bad problem, you sanitize the pipes and the well, if you can, with chlorine bleach. And so that kills the slime that's growing in the pipes. And then since there's no more iron in the water, that works pretty good. Because the, the thing is that iron bacteria are not only a nuisance, but they can create odor. So you've got, especially in pipes that aren't used much. Like, so we hear a lot of folks say, yeah, I don't know what the story is. I, I don't have odor my problem odor in the house except for the upstairs bedroom that doesn't get used. You know, I have one, I have a guest room or I have one part of the house that doesn't get used, but the odor's terrible in that water. What's the story? Well, it's because you have iron bacteria living in that pipe happily undisturbed. And so by running chlorinated water through the pipes, it can kill all that. And I know I've referred to chlorine a bunch of times. This is covered in the other podcast episode on chlorination, but even though we're chlorinating, 
most of our customers do not have a chlorine residual in their water in the house. So there's either usually a carbon filter that removes it, or if they're using a contact tank, which gives time for the chlorine to degrade after it goes through the manganese dioxide, it's either gone or it's really low where you can't smell or taste it. Cause you don't want a high chlorine residual. Well, for one thing, you don't want to, you don't really shower in a high chlorine residual if you can avoid it. I mean, we, a lot of us grew up on city water where it all has chlorine residual, but you know, the, the idea is that if you have a septic tank, you don't want to run a bunch of chlorinated water down the septic tank. So, um, better to remove it. And it's fortunately, it's very cheap and easy to do. So most folks do do that. They chlorinate the water, run it through the contact tank, then the iron filter, and then the, um, but the chlorine is removed when it goes in the house. Okay. The next one after iron bacteria is the rotten egg odor, the terrible sulfur smell that's so common. That manganese dioxide, you'll, a lot of times you'll see specs removes hydrogen sulfide. The thing is, it doesn't really remove hydrogen sulfide on its own for very long unless you use an oxid oxidizer. You you don't really must, you almost have to use an oxidizer if you're using um, any kind of manganese dioxide media. So chlorination is good. Combination of chlorination and aeration is good. Sometimes plain aeration is good as well. And uh, but ozone is really good, except for the price. But the chlorination and aeration are a relatively low cost way to go. I wanted to mention tannins too. Tannin is water that contains high levels of tannin, has a tea colored look to it. In fact, you know, if you're drinking tea, you're looking at the tannin color in the tea. But th that is, it's not extremely common, but it's common in some areas of the country. And if, if you did use a strong oxidizer, such as chlorine and a contact tank, and then you have a, another filter tank with activated carbon, then low levels of tannin are not a problem. It isn't a problem for the manganese dioxide media, but uh, you might, if you have enough tannin in the water, then even after you remove the iron and manganese, you could still have a, a, a weird colored water. Like if you fill the bathtub, it looks like a slight tea colored look to it. So there's different kinds of tannin filter systems out there as well. But that's one thing, if you suspect it, that's one thing you want to test so you know how much uh, tannins are in the water. And last but not least is the flow rate. I, I talked about that a bit, but the, the flow rate is just how many gallons in one minute your well pump can pump. So most homes in the U.S. that, have, that, that are getting their water pressure off their submersible well pump, you're looking somewhere between five and 20 gallons a minute. Eight, 10, 12 gallons a minute is pretty common. And then some folks, bigger homes, or if they have some ag, agriculture use, they have higher, higher flow rates. But you need to know the flow rate because the manganese dioxide or even the coated type that has a less level, they need a certain minimal flow rate to clean that media out. So that's a critical thing. If you don't know the flow rate, then you might make the mistake of buying too big an iron filter or and then you're in trouble. It works for a few months and then it quits. So you want to you want to make sure you have something that'll that'll work and actually take out the uh, the rust that's accumulated in the filter bed. Okay, well, this is going to basically I'm going to wrap it up. This kind of went on a little longer, but it's a little more complicated subject. But like I said, if you have any questions, you can email me personally at jerrybullfin at cleanwaterstore.com or go on our website, cleanwaterstore.com, 
and get more information there. Summarize, I talked about the best way to remove iron is by using oxidation and filtration. And I talked about how the coated media work fine, but it's a thin layer. They can generally wear off or wear out quicker than the solid coating. And the manganese dioxide media are a bit heavier, but they have a, often have a higher throughput flow rate. That is, they work faster, require a smaller filter to do the same job as the coated type. And I went over, make sure to check for pH, for how much iron and manganese you have, to know your well pump flow rate, and be on the lookout for iron bacteria and tannins in the well water. Okay, well, hey, thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great day.